How do I start this? Damn, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, it feels like it's been so long. Isn't it just welcome to the 19th episode of Salston Beer Brewer and a Barbecue? Is it? I'm your host, Kevin. I'm your host, Kevin? Damn it, who put a question mark <laughs> in the show notes? Welcome back to Sauce Dong Beer Room Barbecue. I'm your host, Kevin. Joined here by Alex. What's up, Alex? I don't know. Just here wondering what, what episode this is. Well, this is episode 19. Thank you. I just had to switch things up a little bit. No, I liked it. It just caught me off guard, and then I was I, I legitimately forgot for a second. I'm glad you actually had something to say this time. <sighs> yeah, you know, thanks for giving I just forgot what to say. <laughs> you put me on the spot like that. Um, it's not like I have a script, but man, I cannot talk on the fly. It's all right about nothing. Because this is a show about nothing. That's you know that came out wrong. No, this is a show about the three most important things in life: beer, bourbon, and barbecue. Exactly. Depending on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think you know we love talking about these things, and that's what we get to do on this podcast. And, and it's great. Yes. So we've got a. Kind of an interesting episode planned tonight. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. We got a lot of good stuff in here. It's an episode that we wanted to do for a while. Um, I think it's a very fun episode um, because I feel like it's, you know, a lot of bourbon podcasts out there, or beer podcasts. I don't know if there's many barbecue podcasts, but um, they try and bring you the most flashy, you know, the, the Vegas style. Mm. Does that... I get what you mean. Okay, you know, like, oh, I've got this $150 bottle of bourbon or this, you know, $90 bottle of beer, you know. Or we interviewed this master distiller, yeah. seventh generation. Yeah, but I think tonight... Not that there's anything wrong with it. No, I think that's freaking awesome, but you and I don't have those resources. No, we don't, but we're going to so make it work anyway. We, I think, have came out with just an every man's episode, or woman, you know, because I think there's some ladies who listen to us, um, just what we like in bourbon right now. Um, and then you've got some delicious treats for us at the end. I sure do. Oh, I'm excited I'm, for that. I'm, I can, I feel like I can feel a little proud about these. I, Good. I'm excited. Good. So to start off tonight, we are enjoying three bourbon samples. Um, and we'll kind of enjoy these, I guess, throughout the show tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, sent to us from Ian, who is at neat underscore bib. B-I-B. Um, and Ian's a super cool dude. Um, I just, I've met him on Instagram, just chatting with him. He's getting into the Instagram game. Um, he lives in Indiana. And from what he said, things are a little bit tough to get there sometimes. Some, some bourbon that we have kind of readily available, you know. I mean. Well, in some parts of Indiana are pretty close to Kentucky, so yeah. I'm, I'm a little surprised. Um, but. Like, I just sent him a bottle of E.H. Uh, e. Taylor, small batch, um, because he showed me a picture of one he could get for $240. Oh, my gosh. Really? The small batch? Yeah. Holy crap. And I sent I mean, him... it's a good bottle, but... Oh, yeah. No, there's no way. So I, I found a bottle here in St. Louis and just um, magically sent it to him. Ooh. Not 
through any illegal forms. No, just magic. Magic. Um, but yeah, I was super excited to share that with him. So he sent us some samples um, that we'll kind of be trying throughout the night. And I want to say, before I forget, they're not all bourbon. Right. Even though to Kevin, all whiskey is bourbon, except scotch, which is, is nasty. Piss, yeah. According to Kevin. Yeah. So what are we starting with first? We're starting with the not bourbon, uh, which is Caribou Crossing Single Barrel, which is an 80 proof, which I just realized is surprisingly low for a um, barrel proof. Mm-hmm. Single barrel, sorry. So, yeah, I guess it's barrel, not, not a barrel proof, proof, yeah. But the single barrels that I've had have been higher proof. Right. Um, but this is a Canadian whiskey, and um, they're owned by Sazerac Company. Mm-hmm. Um, Shown's almost everything it feels like sometimes. <laughs> Sazerac or Diageo. There you go. And this is, according to them, the first single barrel Canadian whiskey. Um, it's got a, a good number of awards between 2010 and 2012. Um, that's all I got so far. I need to try it. I don't think I've had a Canadian whiskey other than Canadian Mist. That is the only other Canadian whiskey I've ever had. Now that I think about it, I'm not sure I've had one at all. So just the smell of the nose. It smells really sweet. Yeah. Um, like almost rum sweet. I was going to say maple syrup, but I didn't want to offend <laughs> anyone. It's just cliche. But I yeah. mean, you're, you're not wrong. But yeah, definitely sweeter. Um, looking up pictures of it, I've seen one bottle here in St. Louis, um, about sixty bucks or so. But it kind of looks like a Blanton's bottle, um, except instead of a racing horse on top, it's got a caribou. That's pretty cool. Um, blue wax around it. Uh, it comes in a fancy pouch, which I feel like every Canadian whiskey comes in a fancy pouch. Do yeah, like I mean, that's fun. I don't know. It's just it's weird. I, I'm I'm excited. This smells a lot better than I expected, only because the the little bit that I've heard people talk about Canadian whiskey, it's it's usually derisive. <laughs> but we are in America, and that's so yeah. The smell, style. yeah, of course. The smell is interesting. Sorry, Canada. It's, it's America's top hat. <laughs> <laughs> Does right, that make Mexico gonna... America's pants? Everyone needs a pair of pants. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Yeah. So, first sip, there's no burn at all. I don't know if that's because we were drinking a little bit beforehand, or just that this 80 proof doesn't do anything really for me anymore. I was going to say both of those things. Yeah. Because we did just have 112 proof. But we didn't have a whole lot of it. And it was a smooth 112. Yeah. I don't know. Usually, I feel like once I've had a sip, it, I'm kind of my mouth is seasoned to it for mm-hmm. for the night. Uh, but no, I agree. I mean, it's good. It's something I think you could sip on, but there's nothing complex about it. It reminds me of Irish whiskey. How so? In that, it almost has a. Um, Mild maltiness that's reminiscent of scotch, which I pick up in almost every Irish whiskey I've had so far. Does that make sense? I think those are fighting words for scotch and Irish. I'm sure it is. I don't know what it is about it that adds that flavor. I really need to find that out. I was just saying, like, I'm sure there's a better word to put on it. Mm -hmm. But that's just what stands out to me. And I think, too, I think we need to probably dive in a little bit more. What makes a Canadian whiskey a Canadian whiskey? Um I mean, obviously, I'm assuming it's from Canada, but, like, are there rules like there are with bourbon? Right. 
or yeah. Irish whiskey or scotch, yeah. which both yeah. seem to be almost as strict as bourbon. Right. I, I'm not going to say I know for sure, but I feel like in what we've read, bourbon is probably the strictest. Yeah. I like it. Second taste, I'm getting a little bit more <sighs> of like a butterscotchy, caramely taste at the end of it. I'm getting that too. It doesn't taste as sweet as it smells. Yeah. Um, but it it's like a kind of like eating a Werther's original. You remember the hard candies? Have you ever had one of those? Yeah. Oh, it's kind of like that kind of butterscotchy kind of taste. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm. I I agree. It's it's good, but it's not complex. Yeah. Um. It's fine to sip on. It's yeah. I definitely think it's a great sipping whiskey, especially since it is such a low proof. Oh, I just spilled my water on me. Something more and more. If it's going to be higher proof, I wanted to have more complexity. Otherwise, right. it's just a sweet burn. Right. And sometimes that's fine. Right. But if I'm going to sip, I want I want to chew on some flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely this would be something I'd be interested in giving someone like who's brand new to whiskey, yeah. not just bourbon, but whiskey in general. I feel like if I went in with something like this, I maybe would have enjoyed it a little bit more to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of moving along, we'll open up the second sample he gave us, and we've got some things to talk about all that. So the second sample Ian sent us, and this is one I'm very interested in trying because I've not had a good time with the small batch version of this. Of what? This is the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Batch C917. Ooh. Uh, it's 131 proof, so Ooh. it's like going from a, you know, basic model car to a fully loaded premium car from what we just had in bourbon. That makes sense. That whiskey to this. So, have you had any Elijah Craig other than the small batch, which you do not enjoy? Um, I mean, I've had other Heaven Hill stuff, but, I mean... I feel bad that I don't enjoy the small batch because I've heard a lot of people say that it's really good. Um, but I just, I'm not big into it. But that's what we always say is the cool thing about whiskey and bourbon is you can really like some kinds and really not like other kinds because it's such a diverse flavor wheel is the only word that's coming to mind. There's a yeah. lot of different flavors. Yeah. So while we're kind of sipping on this, I found an interesting article. I was doing a little bit of diving into, like, what what could we talk about on the show? And I was on Liquor.com. Um, I found an article, and it's about a year old, Three Things You Should Never Do When It Comes to Bourbon. And I felt that, you know, we're drinking a barrel-proof bourbon right here. Let's dive into this because, you know, I just – there's – I feel like a lot of rules with bourbon – but these are three good guidelines that I think can make any bourbon lover happy. I agree. Um, the first one is don't spend more than $50 on a bottle. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit more after we get through this list. Because I think you and I, they can't, we found another list of like best bourbons under $50. Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we want to add to that list. But I agree with them that there are a lot of good bourbons under 50 bucks. And that if you don't want to spend more than $50, you shouldn't need to. Yeah, there's some great bottles under 50 Right. Most of my favorites right now. Part of that is because I'm a little poor <laughs> and can't buy more expensive ones than that. But I've been, I've been 
trying bourbons a while now. Yeah. I, I feel like I've got a decent tongue and nose for it. It sounded kind of weird to say, but it's true. And and there's some there's some really good um, there's some really good stuff. There's a lot of diverse uh, offerings and, as far as yeah, flavor portfolios, goes. Yeah, portfolios, kind of like yeah, a, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I would say like there's a lot of people I know who on the Instagram community post their $120 bottles to $600 bottles of bourbon, and it is it's crazy. But at the same time, like. If it wasn't for the excitement of the hunt, I'd be completely fine having maybe four or five bottles of just really good bourbon. Mm-hmm. But the excitement of the hunt is what gets me to go out and buy. Finding that nice yeah. bottle at yeah. that better than normal price. Right. That's the exciting part for me. But yeah, if I was just going to buy a bottle just to have on the shelf, there's so many good $50 ones. Oh, yeah. You could fill them. You could... Fill a couple shelves yeah. for each bottle under 50 bucks. So this Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, jumping back to that real quick. Yeah, so my you, first thought. Yeah, you just had your first sip, and it looked like your face exploded. <laughs> so, well, first, I noticed that I, the color wasn't as deep as I expected it to be. For, didn't, I'm sorry, did you say this was single barrel? I lost my notes. This is barrel proof. Barrel proof. Okay, so does that mean it has to be single barrel? I would, yeah. Or could it, it's just not no, cut it's, with water? No, it's barrel. It's from a single barrel. Huh. I believe. We need to look that up. I've never thought be about wrong. that before. I've never thought about that either. I mean, because you could call it could be barrel proof, but still be blended with other barrels. It could be. But then I think would, barrel I proof, though, is all from one barrel. That sounds better. Because they're like, this is 131 proof. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was expecting a darker color because I feel like I've noticed that more with the single barrels one and with mm-hmm. the higher proofs too. And so that's, that's the, one thing I noticed. There's some, it's a very rich cherry oaky kind of color to this compared to like the caribou crossing, which was a little bit more of an amber. Yeah. I mean, definitely compared to the 80 proof Canadian whiskey, it's got some good color, but compared to some of the other stuff on your shelf, that's comparable and proof. It, it doesn't have nearly as much color. I'm thinking stag junior, especially I love the color on that stag mm-hmm. junior. It's a, Almost a deep burgundy. And this... Ron Burgundy? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Except he left scotch. Yeah. And we don't. We all can't be perfect. Anyway, so my first sip, and I've only had one, is um, the flavor reminded me a lot of the small batch, which it's not my favorite. I don't dislike it as much as Kevin, but for being a barrel proof with a higher proof, I was expecting more from it. So really? let me let me give it another sip. So... I feel the exact opposite compared to the small batch. This, I feel like has enough meat to it. It's something I can really enjoy sink my teeth into. I think I would buy a bottle of this. I don't think I'd ever buy a bottle of small batch again, but there's just something about this that I like the tingliness on my tongue and on my lips right now. I like the heat that it has. Um, it's a very rich, robust flavor to it. Um, I really enjoy this compared to the small batch. Okay, on my second sip, I'm definitely getting more of that. A right. lot more than my first sip. And I think that first sip, from what we just went from, from the 80 to the 131, like, that's a huge jump. Yeah, that is a really big jump. Um, 60 proof. <laughs> yeah, because the 50, sorry, small batch is, is nine, 94 proof. So, like, it's it's a generous jump between the two of those. 
Yeah, okay. Second and third sip, I'm getting a lot more flavor. And I think it's worth noting, compared to the 112 proof we had yeah. earlier, before we started, this is about the same amount of burn for 20 more proof, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So that's I'd say that's this is pretty smooth for the proof that it's at. Yeah. This is something I... I've seen one bottle of this, and I should have bought it now. Like, I didn't want to buy it because I wanted to try the barrel proof. Right. But now I think if I go out and I see a bottle of it, and it's reasonably priced, I mean, you're looking at about $60 a bottle. I know we just said you don't need to buy a bottle over 50 bucks, but... I was thinking about 60 to 70 Yeah, this is something, you know, I would buy. I'm just expecting it to be higher because of the barrel proof. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, that's the thing when you want to get into barrel proofs. You're going to look at... 60 to 100 bucks on most bottles yeah a lot of the, i feel like a lot of the people that we talk to um the trend is turning more toward or not. i don't know if this is just a trend in the industry in general or if it's a trend with the people we're talking to because they've been doing this for long enough but it seems to be going more toward barrel proof single barrel store picks mm-hmm. um the harder to find stuff yeah and that could easily just be a factor of we've talked about all the for a lack of a better word right now basic stuff the right. more common stuff, it's a better word. Yeah. Um, now we're going to talk about the more unique stuff. Um, I think people are just bored with the originals. Like, they've tried all the originals. Well, and especially with the bourbon hype mm-hmm. nowadays. Yeah. Um, I feel like people are wanting to try more of the expressions to get something new, to bunker a whole bunch of, you know, unique blends and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think... You and I, me, I've gotten into the store picks a little bit more. I've got two store pick bottles now, and it's amazing to taste the difference. I like doing the side-by-sides of the original to the store pick. Mm, and just seeing, that is fun. Seeing the that variation is, of it. Especially the bottles that we enjoy a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, right now we've got sitting in front of us a Maker's Mark Private Select from Schnook's Market here in St. Louis. And it's so much different than a Maker's 46. Mm-hmm. Um and it, I think it's better than 46. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love 46. It's so good. But it's just, it's really good. Like, I mean, it's just, it's different. It's so much different. And that's what makes me excited about it. Mm-hmm. So my final thoughts on this before I move on. Um, I enjoy it a mm-hmm. lot more than Small Batch. If if I'm right in comparing the price range to some of the other bottles you have, like the Stag Junior, I think I would take some of those first. If only because this tastes a little spicier i'm guessing it has more rye um than some of the others i don't know i don't a little know bit that excuse me it's just the proof maybe maybe because i don't know if it's always rye that we're tasting that's causing that that could be because i've kind of been thinking uh, listening back to some of our previous podcasts you know going back we say rye a lot but i don't know if it's always that rye taste i'm not 100 percent sure we should check the mash bill more yeah we should but it's just fun to drink barrels it is. of bourbon mm-hmm. well we drank Sample. whole barrels here. Yes. We put a straw in we it. We drank bourbon by the barrel. Oh, my God. That'd be expensive. Bunker. I mean, the alliteration by itself is just fantastic. Barrels in the bourbon bunker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, back to our list of, like, rules that you should follow for yes. bourbon. So, um, that first rule was under First 50. one was under 50. For sure. Second one is don't only drink your bourbon neat. So, this is one that I have personally been experimenting with more the last couple of weeks. Um, one, because I've, since I've gotten into bourbon, I've been trying to really get into it, um, pick up the smells, pick up the flavors. So I've been trying to 
drink it neat most of the time. And usually in like my Glen Cairn to really solidify and um, focus those things. Mm-hmm. Um, lately, I've just been wanting to sip on some bourbon while I sit on my couch and relax for the night. So I've been putting in my ice balls or my ice cubes, like one one big ice cube, not mm-hmm. a bunch of small ones. And um, I've forgotten how much of a difference adding water, mm-hmm. adding something to it can really make in the flavor. And it's it doesn't amazing. just water yeah. it down. It, it adds stuff to it. I think you have to do brings it out. Stuff. Yeah, you have to do it correctly. You yes. have to add a, a drop of water here or a drop of water there or an ice cube here. You know, you have to a do very one. controlled, yes. you know, rather than just dumping water in. Um, I feel like some people just bourbon's too hot, so they just drop water in their mm. thing. And it's like, no, you have to do it scientifically. Um, and I think that there's a lot of really good ways to enjoy bourbon that aren't just sitting there sipping on something. I know for me personally, my wife and I, we love a bourbon milkshake. Like, yeah, I've seen those pictures. I need to make one. So I have a bottle of American honey upstairs. I'm not proud of it, but um, (laughs) I do have that for a very long time. I've had it for a very long time. Very long time. Uh, Very early on in my bourbon experience. But it's so damn good in a bottle or in a uh, bourbon milkshake. That sounds delicious. Um, with vanilla bean ice cream from Aldi. Mm. If you have an Aldi by you, go get their vanilla bean ice cream. Hmm. I've um, never tried it. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Hmm. It's just, it's delicious. Um, Not just for the price; it's legit. Like it's really good. Really good. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think there's so many things. Rather than just people think, okay, I've got to make an old fashioned, or I've got to make a whiskey sour, or you know a Sazerac or uh Manhattan, you know, something like that. But you can have your bourbon so many other ways as well. And I think people Without forget that. Without adding anything to yeah, the bourbon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think people forget that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. I like rule number two. Yeah. Like, try it neat first. I'm still a fan of that. Mm-hmm. Try it neat. Try it the way it was meant, quote-unquote, meant to be tried. Yeah. Um, but then mix it up because you get much more of an experience out of it. Well, and then I think that way, too, when you try something neat, then you go back and you add a couple ice cubes with it. You can compare it. Mm-hmm. You can say, okay, ooh, I'm tasting something here that I didn't taste my first time trying it. Right. This water really brings out the oaky aroma or the caramel aroma or those butterscotch notes rather than that first time it just tasted like pure gasoline. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Yes. Because um, I, I think, like, people, like, with the Stag Jr., like, the first Stag Jr. that came out, they said it tastes like pure gasoline. Mm-hmm. But they cut it down, and now I'm reading reviews and things like that, batch one, that they're like, oh, my goodness, this is so much better. It just, it was too hot to start with. Is Stag with. Jr. new? Um, so we'll get into that, and I think that's an excellent transition to what we're going to try next. But they've got now nine batches of Stag Jr. Okay. So, like, each year now. they have a new batch that they're coming out with okay i don't know how that works entirely um because i know it's george t stag it's half the time of a george t stag okay so between six and seven years is what most of them yeah that's right i know we've talked about yeah that sounds right so that leads us into our last sample from ian which is the stag jr uh, 131.9 proof, unfiltered, barrel proof from Buffalo Trace. This is the Batch 9, which you and I, I own the Batch 8. We've mm-hmm. had that a bunch. I think that's 
super smooth for 129.5 proof that that bottle probably more than any other um i'll say expensive as being bottles over 50 dollars that i've had right are close to or above 50 dollars. that one is far and away my favorite i feel really good i feel like that's one you want to plot when you're having guests over and you're like you really want to impress somebody with like bourbon or you want to knock their socks off and after they've tried a little bit and you're like now let's just knock it up like you know if it's someone that i know would appreciate it i'm thinking like my brother-in-law, my mother-in-law, even who's who likes different kinds of alcohol and different yeah. kinds of whiskeys. I know she doesn't have nice or stuff like that, but would appreciate it, right? But I, I feel like the brand my brother too. who yeah. never drinks whiskey. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to give it, to, but somebody who could appreciate. Uh-huh. Like, holy crap! Yeah, this I is super hot, but this is really good. So color on this. This is I think goes right along with that bottle I have up there. It is mm-hmm. a rich cherry color looking like a dark dark cherry i don't know like how would you it it looks a little lighter than i remember your bottle being yeah i don't feel like getting up to check um <laughs> so i might be wrong but it, it definitely does have a, a pretty um reddish almost like a rusty hue to it mm-hmm. that copper it penny really reviews good. that review quite a bit when we do beers the copper penny look <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, that just makes me think of the Statue of Liberty, which is not red at all, but it's, it's very green. green. The nose on this is amazing. It's really good. Oh, my gosh. It's, I mean, it's sweet, but you can smell the heat. Like, you know it's going to be a high proof. Um, I'm getting a good, like, deep, like, maraschino cherry, heavy sugar, oh, sugar and fruit. You're, you smell thyme. You know, like, I think if you're thinking of, like, what is a bourbon that smells time, that barrel, you know, has been sitting there for a while, just becoming perfect. <laughs> I had some of the alcohol in that sniff. <laughs> Ooh, it reminds me much. of a, a Rick House. Okay. Yep. I see what you're saying. Old, dusty. Yes. But Now amazing. that you say that, I'm definitely getting Yes. It. I'm picturing our, our trip to Buffalo Trace. Oh, my gosh. And just stepping inside Warehouse C. Oh, and it just they closed the door, and we just deep breath. That take it angel all share, yes. Oh my goodness, it's really good. Like that's bourbon, how it's meant to smell and taste. So let's taste it. Whew. that's got some heat on it. Oh man, that's warm. Way more than the other ones. Whoo! You can. It's funny that it's only nine tenths more than the Elijah Craig. But it's I feel it. So much hotter. Yes, I feel it. Comparatively to the batch eight that I have, this feels a lot hotter. Yes. Yeah, the bottle you have is not this hot. I'm surprised it's hitting me this hard, given that we just had 131 proof. The of the four Grey. bourbons we've tried, this is the highest, but I mean, everything's been over 100. Yeah. Well, and again, the last one. If I did compare the two, not knowing what they were, I'd say the last one we had was high 90s, 100 maybe, and this one was 130. Yeah. This one fits the 139.9. Yeah. That makes me more impressed with the Elijah Craig. Yeah. This reminds me a lot of that one Nate brought up, the uh, Balcone uh, from Texas, which that just won an award. Uh, Their single malt won at San Francisco um, for one of the top bourbons or single malt whiskeys. So 
I'm hoping when Nate comes up, I think that's the bottle I've decided that I'm going to have him bring up to me is their cast strength. That sounds cool. Yeah. So, I like this a lot. I do too. Should we hit up our, our final rule? Yeah. So, the final rule is don't tell other people how to drink their bourbon. Amen. I think that is the biggest thing I hear now in the entire bourbon community is not to tell people what's right, what's wrong. Let people figure out on their own. I think guiding them for you could try this, you could try yeah. this, I like this, but never a, this is the right way to do it. There's no right way to do right. it. I mean, the people who want to stick to their gym beam, you know, like, great, awesome. You know, that that's, there's a lot better stuff out there, I feel like. Yeah, but you know, like, good hey. stuff for the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, you try that. You If that's what you want, awesome, you know. Uh, the people who are going to go spend their $300, $400 on a bottle, you know, that's their prerogative. You know what I mean? Like, everybody, I think, has their own style, their own taste. Let everybody drink what they want. Now, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I'm going to chastise you if you're going to try and put Pappy with Coke. Like, no. <laughs> yes, don't do that. There well, are some. <laughs> there are some rules, like... Just don't do that. But for the most part, there's no right way, one right way to drink bourbon, but but there there are wrong ways. (laughs) And that is definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. I can't think, honestly, I can think of one bourbon that I would mix with Coke. More just because it's not my thing. Yeah. If I'm going to mix something with Coke rum, like something sweeter, I just personally don't think the typical flavor profile of bourbon complements Coke very well. I think a Jack and Coke is probably the only thing I would do. I've and honestly not people prepared. don't say Jack is bourbon, but it's not. It's whiskey, but people say it is bourbon. People are dumb. Didn't we just say let, don't tell people how to drink their bourbon? If you were okay, you're not dumb. You're wrong. If you call <laughs> Tennessee whiskey bourbon, you have to say it's not. You have to say with all due respect. With all due respect, because then dumb. you can say whatever you want. <laughs> it's in the Geneva Convention. <laughs> <laughs> said with all due respect <laughs> that doesn't mean you can say whatever you want to me. sure as hell does <laughs> it's in the geneva convention <laughs> all of that's true uh, prisoner Ten- of jack War. daniels is not bourbon you heard it here first hopefully that's not true i hope that's not true but i'm i'm being real with you guys so i just had another sip of this stag it is just warming me up like it just I'm feeling this tingle over, which I really needed today. I went to a trauma course on how to provide first aid and medical support during a school shooting. Um, That's pretty heavy. Oh, my God. It it hit you hard. Hmm. Um, yeah. You needed some whiskey after that. Oh, my goodness. It was, it was a very long day. It was a very good day, but shoot. As much as I like the flavor on this, it's too hot. What? Just... Like your mouth too hot, or I'd I'd want to I'd want to try and cut it with ice, maybe with an ice ball. As I say that, I think like, do I want to cut something this expensive, this high proof with with ice? Maybe a couple drops of water. Start maybe with a that. Couple drops of water. Yeah, I would start with the water. Then but maybe ice cubes rather than ice ball, like one or two ice cubes. Maybe, and it's just it's I'm really enjoying. The tasting of it, it's a little too hot for sitting on my couch and sipping on. Mm-hmm. 
It's it's too much. Way more than your other bottle is. I don't I liked in the beginning how it left my lips feeling tingly, but now the more I sip on it, my lips feel numb. <laughs> and I, I don't I don't really enjoy that. Unfortunately. Like it's just I mean it's got oh, a real rich flavor. Oh yeah. Um it tastes pretty much how it smells. I'm still getting a, a, a rich cherry, uh, brown sugar, a little spice, the wood for sure. The oakiness the of o- it. The oakiness, a little bit of you spice. You can taste the thyme. Um, yeah. It's a good sweet bourbon. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely good. Um, it's something that I would, okay, it's something that I would get if we were like, we gathered our group of friends, and we're gonna we're gonna try some whiskeys. This is one I would get. It's not one I would have for just sitting around the house, right? And I think that's kind of where I keep my stag. Like, yeah, once people come over, I want to be like, "Hey, try this. This is really good." Like, you know, somebody I know who's gonna appreciate good bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's a th- three solid rules for bourbon. I think I that's agree. um three things that people really need to think about. Um, I want to jump back to that one point about the best bourbons for under 50 bucks yes Um, that list real quick because i think there's a lot of really good bourbons out there for 50 dollars um and i just did a little bit of research on it just some quick lists i found four of them that people said you could buy for 50 bucks or under 50 bucks um that you should probably get one was the elijah craig small batch i don't know i i agree with that 100 percent i i mean i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who really enjoy it. I mean, it wouldn't make my top five, but it's fine. I feel like for, and most of them you see for like 28 bucks, spend the extra 30 bucks and get the barrel proof if you can find it. Yeah. Um, Evan Williams Single Barrel Vintage. That's um, a good bottle. That's a wax tip. That's the years. I had the 2009. Is that what I had? I had the eight. You had an eight. Those ones are really good. I want to try the 10 just to see, you know, I mean, Evan Williams, Heaven Hill, they do fantastic work. There's mm. nothing that I haven't, well, I guess the Elijah Craig. But <laughs> other than that, there's nothing I've had that really stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, going back real quick, the small batch, I think that a lot of people say that when they remove the 12-year-old age statement from it, is when it kind of started changing a little bit because now it's not guaranteed to be 12 years. It's a non-age-stated bottle. Um, So it could be anything from, you know, probably you're looking at a four-year to a 12-year blend or something like that, a small batch. So, Well, that's an interesting factoid. I think you're still just trying to make yourself okay with not liking it. I know. It's okay that you don't like it. I feel bad because it's one like that everybody's like, oh, this is such a good bottle. I'm just like, to be fair, I've never heard anybody say that. Really? I, I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not talking to as many people as you are. But <laughs> just, just get over it. Let's so this bottle, this next bottle, I agree a hundred percent with. For sure. I mean, and unfortunately, it just won at the San Francisco whiskey whatever thing out there. Some contest. <laughs> I don't know the exact term of it. Um, I probably should, but you know, that's why I'm laughing, even though I don't know what either. Yeah. But the Henry McKenna single barrel, um, I only say McKenna jokingly because 
McKinnon is what I called it in our first episode, and I took a lot of crap for yeah, again, that. Again, you just got to get over it. I know. Uh, the McKenna, 10-year, bottled and bond, Heaven Hill. Single barrel. I mean, it's it amazing. is a amazing We've said bottle. so many times it's one of our favorites. Oh, my goodness. It's for so sure. good. I, I cannot recommend it enough. Unfortunately, now it's going to be the next Pappy. Yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see if we can find it. Anyway. Then, then we got the old Granddad 114 they recommend. I like it a lot. I think it's a good cocktail mixer, but it's not something I'm going to drink every day. Yeah, I would if I were making a list of top 550, I wouldn't put it on there. Yeah. Um, unless it was a top 550 for making cocktails. Yeah. By itself, it's fine. It's a little hot for the mm-hmm. proof, but it's amazing at cocktails. I'd rather have the old Granddad 100 bottled and bond. Yes. Um, yes, for Than sure. the 114. I think mm-hmm. that's just a better sipping one. Agreed. Then they get into the Wild Turkey Rare Breed. Um, I haven't had this one. This is the only one on this list that I couldn't, I haven't, say I haven't tried. Yeah. Um, I do have a Wild Turkey 101 over there. I think for the price of my 101, it was like 20 something dollars. 21, 22. Yeah. It was pretty cheap. Really good bottle. Um, really good. You can have it neat. You can have it in a mixer. You can have it. When friends are over and you just want something to enjoy, like all night, like if I finish off a bottle of it, great. It's twenty one bucks. I'm gonna go buy another bottle of mm-hmm. it. I'm not upset when it's gone. Like my uh, old Forester, nineteen twenty. Like when that's gone, I'm gonna be upset because it's sixty some dollars, seventy some dollars. Right. Um, so what do you think of this list, Alex? Do you think? I think it's good. I mean, again, I've I've commented on the ones that I maybe wouldn't have put on there, but that's mm-hmm. just personal preference. The, those are all good bottles. Yeah. I wouldn't say any of them are bad. I think if you had all five of those in a bar at home, you'd be in good shape. Yeah, that's a good bar. Yeah. So before we started recording, Alex, I threw the question out to you. Would you add anything? What would be your five bourbons or four bourbons that you're like, 50 bucks, this is what I'm spending? Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so why don't you, you give one, and then I'll give one, and we'll kind of go back and forth. Okay. My first one was Makers 46. Yeah. Because it, at least in St. Louis, and I know this varies a lot, I can find this for between 30 35 bucks. And yeah. for that price, this is a, an amazing bottle. Oh, it's yeah. Very sweet. It's got a good, it's not super complex, but it's still got some good complexity along with the flavor. It's unique to other bourbons. Yes. Um, I think that it's different than a lot of the bourbon spectrum out there with how they finish it with the French oak stave. It's got a great story yeah. to it. It's, it's a really good. Just all around, everything about it is is fun. Marketing-wise, it's, it's gorgeous bottle. Mm-hmm. That wax dip top, the glass, the um, S with the four on the mm. front of it. I mean, It's my beautiful. wife's favorite. You gotta it's it's got that. so much yeah. going for it. Yeah. So one I would add would be the High West American Prairie. Oh, that is a good oh, one. Oh, my goodness. It's a blended whiskey. Um, High West out of Utah, 28 to $32. I don't know if, I, if it's because of the packaging, but I did not expect to enjoy it. As yeah, much as I do. I mean, it was, it was a whimsical pick. Like, I was like, I need to get a High West product. Mm-hmm. They just sent me that sweet mug. I oh, want to yeah. just get something of theirs, and I loved it. Like, it was really good. I drank. That's probably the fastest I've ever gone through a bottle. <laughs> I think it was gone in about a week. Is it gone already? Yeah, it's yes, gone. You're right, you're yeah, right, you're right. it was That's gone. A bummer. Okay. Um, that was really good. My next one is Buffalo Trace, um, because for the price, which is between twenty and twenty five. This is usually where I see it. Um, I like it because it encompasses a lot of the different flavors that you could say that's in bourbon. It's kind of like a mm-hmm. an all-in-one sort of. Um, 
it's a good sipper. It's a good mixer. Like it's it's a really all around great bourbon for pretty cheap. Everyone can appreciate it. Yes, there's something in it that everyone can appreciate. Whether you're the novice bourbon fan or you're the more complex bourbon fan, you're finding a store pick of it. Mm-hmm. You know something unique about it. It's one that always it always works. It's always yeah. a good bottle. Oh, and it's twenty two bucks. Yeah, I mean, and I just love Buffalo Trace Distillery. Oh yeah, it's a cool bottle. I like the picture. It's it's I really enjoy it. So I guess I'll jump down to my my next one, Eagle Rare. Yes. Um, I mean. 39 bucks you're finding some bottles 32 depending yeah, on where you're at you're in the 30s range yeah 10 years i mean it's a good tasting bottle i think it's it's special enough to where that you know like it's not your buffalo trace but it's not you know a bottle of elmer t lee you know what i mean like if you can find it get it it's just good to have on the bar i think it's worth more than it usually costs right right your next one. My next one I is disagree Kevin's favorite bottle, Basil Hayden's. Oh, God, this is terrible. The biggest reason I put this one on the list, aside from that I like it and I think it's funny that Kevin doesn't, is because of all the bourbons that I've had, I feel like this is the most unique in flavor. Mm-hmm. Again, it having a strong tea flavor, a little more florally, um, while still having a little bit of sweetness to it. Um, I I enjoy it. It's about $35. Um Again, mostly for the uniqueness. The bottle's kind of cool. Kevin, I'll get over it. Um, I've kind of been expressing my hatred for this bottle out on the Instagram world and the <laughs> interwebs. And I'm I'm hearing a lot of support for me and my hatred of it. I'm going to have to build a, a uh, the opposite. I feel like a lot of people, though, say, like, if you're just getting into bourbon, it's a great starting bottle. You know, it's a great higher-cost starting bottle, you know, that you're not going to get every time but it's something that everybody can enjoy i think it's 80 proof right 90 proof something around i there. think low 90s yeah like it's nothing i wouldn't call it a starter bottle really if only because i don't think it fits the flavor profile of a typical bourbon okay that that's all okay um so my next one which this is kind of my wild card because we got this bottle on a whim like i mean it was you, a good win. Yeah, it was a good win. The Jim Beam Distiller's Cut. Um, I was shocked at how good this bottle was for I was, $20. I was too. Like, I was like, I mean, I, I can't even describe how low hopes I had. But, oh, it's so good. It was the first Jim Beam that's on the shelf. It's got a great taste to it. Hunter proof, six to seven years old. For twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. I mean, um, I mean, there's stuff that age for cheaper. Yeah, which I'm gonna mention next. Yeah, but with not nearly this complexity of flavor. I think probably one that if I can find again, I will buy again. Just to have another one on the mm-hmm. show. Because I feel like it's something that I can just use as a daily drinker. You know, yes. like I really want and that. not be upset that you know, I'm drinking expensive bourbon, you know, like not have to be like, ooh, this is a fancy meal and all that kind of stuff. But right. you know. Mm-hmm. All right, sure. what's your what's your last one? My last one is Heaven Hill's Green Label, which mm-hmm. is their ninety proof. And so this is this is a six year age statement. Yeah. Um so similar age to the distiller's cut. It's really good. Um 
for $9, oh which is God. how much it costs. Now, you can, as far as I know, you can only find it in Kentucky. I've heard Indiana. So close to Yeah, Kentucky. the Kentucky area. So probably not being shipped out across the country. So that's the limit, but for nine bucks, Heaven Hill, a six-year age statement, ninety proof, it's good. Oh yeah, it's not really complex. It's it's a good classic. This is bourbon, and this is good bourbon. Yeah, this isn't cheap. Yeah, not to hate on them, but when I think of cheap bourbon that isn't worth drinking, I think of Jim Beam White Label, which I'm sure there are others out there, and it's 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 what it is. It's what it is. I mean, it's, I feel it's like the bottom shelf. Yeah. I don't think they're trying to cover that up. I just, I don't like it. Like a, I mean, like an Evan Williams Black Label or an Evan Williams Bottle and Bond. You're looking at 12 13 bucks yeah. for a Bottle and Bond. You're looking at like 9 bucks, mm-hmm. sometimes 7 bucks for like a Black Label. You yeah. know, if, they're not saying it's good bourbon, but it's bourbon. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So for under $15, far and away, this is the best bottle I've ever had. Right. So my last one. Falls into the category as long as you buy it at a Target. <laughs> um, my last one is the Woodford Double Oaked. Um, retail price of it is $69. Really? Well, I th- believe, yeah. But for some reason, Target has it for $39. I've gotten I don't it know if Target it's... for $33. Bucks. Yeah, $32. Bucks I've seen it at. I mean, like, I don't know if Target knows, but <laughs> don't tell Target. Well, yeah, because every other store I've been to around here, I've 45 minimum. Yeah, 45 to 60, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so maybe I guess retail is not 60, but I feel like that's what it should be for that bottle. for The bottle. Woodford Double Oak. Mm-hmm. Super rich, chocolatey dessert bourbon. Like, it's Oh, yeah, the not most something, bourbon I've ever yeah, had. Yeah, not something I'm going to want to drink with a meal, but something I want to drink after a meal. I when would... I'm, Love to try that with a good piece of like chocolate cake, like some of a heavy fudge cheesecake, yes, fresh cut strawberries on top of it, or with a coffee flavored cheesecake, or with a double fudge German chocolate cake. We have our next episode. Oh my gosh, (laughs) yeah. So, I think those are four bourbons from each of us that I think could be added to a $50 list that are not your normal. Like, just run-of-the-mill, like, hey, Evan Williams, Jim Beam, mm-hmm. you know. Like the, Not the names that anyone yeah. knows, even if you don't drink bourbon. Yeah. Um, but I think those are good bourbons. There's a lot of variety of flavor there. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of good bourbon out there for under 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. For sure. And I think that if you're happy with finding that, great. If you're like me, who, unfortunately, the... $50 bottles don't excite me anymore. Like they excite me, but like I've had them. I want to go find something unique. I'm, I'm in that hunt mm-hmm. mode. That's my downfall. Um, which really sucks because then I want to spend money on an expensive bottle, but I also want to have, you know, a Henry McKenna bottle on the shelf, you know, like it's like, crap, what do I do? You know? Yeah. Well, and, and all of that being said, you've got two or three bottles on your shelf over 50 bucks. that yeah. are amazing. They are definitely worth the price. I think I've got more than that. I mean, I can. I'm just thinking of two in particular. What are you thinking the, of? The Stag Junior and the Bellmead Single Barrel. Oh, that's what I was thinking the of. The Bellmead specifically is amazing. I, 100% worth the price. I think the Elmer T. Lee. That, uh, I always forget now, about that. Now, that MSRP is only 40 bucks. If you can really? find it for 40 bucks, buy it. 
but you're not going to find it for 40 bucks. I'd pay 70 bucks for that bottle. I would too. It's so good. Your bottle of Blanton's. I'd pay for that one. I think that's yeah, a I'd nice get another one. one. I think that one, honestly, now that I've tried some others in the same price range, it's not my favorite in that mm-hmm. price range. But I love the bottle. I love the design. I love the story behind it. Yeah. Buffalo Trace, in my experience so far, just does such a good job with the all-around experience, yeah. not just the liquid. I think that's a good place to stop. I think we've gone through some really good bourbons. We've mm. talked about some really good bourbons. I love bourbon. Shout out to Ian for these amazing samples he yes, sent us. I think so that much. Stag Junior was fantastic, but I think that Elijah Craig Barrel Proof kills it all. That, I, think I think that, that was, the, was the best. Yeah, just, just the the dark horse of the yeah, group. yeah. Since Kevin hates on the small batch, and it's whatevs for me. I, right. I don't not like it, but it's definitely not. My it's favorite. something I would not mind having on a shelf. I and, probably would never yeah. buy it. You would buy it. If I was at the point where I'm like filling up a shelf, I'd have it on there. But right now, when I'm on a budget, I'm not going to buy it. There's other stuff I would buy first. There's several things I would buy first. Okay. So um, we're going to take a quick break. We have a delicious break. I'm excited about this break. Um, And then we will be back in a minute. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you're interested in seeing what beer, bourbon, and barbecue was up to before we started a podcast, you can see all the exciting adventures on Instagram at beer underscore bourbon underscore BBQ. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the show and our adventures outside of podcasting. Be sure to check out our cool shirts and stickers available on our website, shopbeerbourbonbbq.com. And we're back. That was almost like a question. We are and back. Are we back? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Who put a question mark on the show notes? Uh, this was a great break. I think this break is my second favorite break we've ever had, compared to the pastrami one where Brad brought that all that delicious meat. That was amazing. That was incredible. That was amazing, and opened my eyes to the world of mustard and pastrami. The worst break we ever had was the pumpkin beer one. That. <laughs> Is that's in my top three? <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> so, Alex, you have brought for us delicious feastings. Mm. Dilly dilly. <laughs> dilly. Uh, We're not drinking Bud Light. Tell me what you have brought. Uh, so, I'm so glad you like it. Yesterday, so I, I've I declared at the beginning of this year. That for me, at least, this would be the year of the barbecue because I got a smoker for Christmas and I've been real excited to dive in. Once I had my first real taste of what real smoked barbecue meat was like, uh, courtesy to Brad, thank you so much, I've been I've been dying to dig into this. And we finally, finally, like, oh my gosh, I hate St. Louis, finally have had good enough weather to smoke meat outside. It was freaking snowing last week. It was snowing last week. And it's only on the damn weekends. Explicit rating. I'm going to say it. Like, legit, we could pull up a graph, and I'm going to post this somewhere. I'm not, but I want to. And it only rains and snows on the weekend. Which sucks for me as a teacher, if you know what I mean. Like, I want freaking snow in the middle of the week. Um, But, yeah, continue. So, anyway, yesterday... I decided to give my this is so this would be the third time that I use my smoker, and my smoker I've got a um, charbroil. Charbroil smoker. Yeah, I've got okay. a charbroil. It's an American gourmet offset smoker 
that makes it sound cooler than it is. It's literally the cheapest thing that they sell. But it's an offset, so you can use coal or wood. I So, so far, I've been practicing the um, Central Texas style. Which is? So, I, I got turned on to barbecue by Brad, who is a big fan of Aaron Franklin from Franklin Barbecue. Um, which I would, from what I've read, I'd, and consider as a more um, purist form of barbecue. He's very little sauce, for those of you who don't know. Lots of rub, yes. thyme, smoke. Let the meat do the talking. Exactly. So he, he favors buy good meat and let the meat be the star. So uh, most of the rub is heavy black pepper, heavy kosher salt. Should we say what you did first of all? I don't think you've ever said what you did. Okay, yeah. So I, I brought – I made pulled pork yesterday. Oh. Um, Not just I, any pulled pork. Delicious pulled pork. Aw, you're making me blush. You guys can't see it, but it's true. I've never seen this side of you before. Ah, I'm so excited. Mm. I had so much fun making it. So, yeah, I, I got pulled pork. So, again, I, I followed guidelines laid out um, from Aaron Franklin's book. Just You're because, such a rule follower. So, I, I am to a point. I, I typically am. When it comes to cooking, I'm not. I am at first, though. I want to learn a style, and then I can expand on it. Stop shaking your head. You're so opposite of me because I'm like, eh, just throw some stuff on it. You know, like, I it's get like taste that. Good. I get like that. After but you've had about first, six beers? That too. So, I, I got um, this pork butt from, from Shooks, local St. Louis. Shout out. Um, it's just like, there's no brine, no salt, nothing added. This is just a good pork butt. It was real good meat. So, my, um, my rub was um, one part black pepper to one part salt. And I, I was I was smoking this with my brother, and I kind of let him pick the other stuff. So I set out a couple of different spices and, and told him to smell which ones he thought would smell good with it, because that's how I like to, to pick my flavors. Let me see if I can get. Yeah, tell me Did what you Did you do some paprika? A little bit. Okay. A little bit of garlic? Yes. And... I want to say brown sugar, but it was very lightly sweet. So, you're so close to what it is. What is it? It's allspice. Okay, okay. Just a very little bit. It's not one I would have picked, but my brother wanted to put it on there, so I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And allspice is kind of um, cinnamony, kind of sweet. Yeah. Um, there was one other one. Can you guess it? No. A little bit of onion powder. Okay. So I, it, I think with the, having the macaroni and cheese, which you smoked as well, mm -hmm. and having the meat, I don't taste the onion as much because I think the garlic's very overwhelming. Yes, but not in a ugly overwhelming, if that makes sense. It You're does. Not, like so, yeah, overpowering. It was mostly pepper and salt, but yeah. So allspice, garlic powder, onion powder, and a little bit of paprika. Um, so we covered it with that. Smoked it with. Um, so my offset smoker again is just. I use coal to get the fire started, but other than that, it's 100% wood. Any coal in particular? Or are you just using, like, Kingsford? Or you? It was Kingsford. It okay. was just the cheap, like, it didn't have any lighter fluid added or anything like that. It was just pure, basic charcoal. I 100%. hate the lighter fluid added stuff. I liked it when I didn't know what I was doing. But now that I know a little bit more about what I'm doing, I don't like the added chemicals to it. Honestly, I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But you just can. on principle. Yeah. On principle. 
I want to just that because I got a, a charcoal chimney for Christmas. Those are cool. Get one if you don't have one. It makes it so easy to start these things. It's mm-hmm. incredible. So I used um, this was 100% just oak wood, um, which is another Aaron Franklin thing. I want to try other stuff, but I'm I'm trying to learn one style first, and then I'm going to expand. Post on it. oak or like just oak oak? Just oak. I, okay. It wasn't specifically post oak um, from the store that I bought it from. I think the oak goes really well with this. I think post oak would have given it too much of a bitter taste to it. Yeah. So according to to Franklin again, um, oak is is milder. So there's not a wood a lot of wood flavor, which allows the meat to kind of speak for itself a little bit more um so it was at the store that i had so i thought i'd give it a shot brad's a big oak fan Mm -hmm. it it, it was good um so i used that i so my process was after we we put the rub on we let it sit for about 30 minutes more out of necessity than anything else. bring it up to room temperature Mm -hmm. you know you know um we got the fire started we put it on there had a water pan of course and Which I'm shocked at how much of a difference that makes. Like I've done it. I have a Campbell soup cam okay. in mine that I use. Just I put a little bit of water in there. Yeah, and it makes my ribs a hundred thousand times better. So the only time I didn't have it is when I forgot that it was on there and I didn't fill it up, and a little bit of my ribs burn. Not as much as I thought, but still, if if I'd kept that filled up, they wouldn't have burned like they did. Anyway, so it smoked for. A little over five hours. Um, I spritzed it twice with um, apple juice. Is what we decided to use. So I used apple juice first as a slather. Then I put the rub on. Why not your Blanton's? Hmm? Why not your Blanton's? Because Blanton's is very expensive and apple juice is not. <laughs> um, so apple and juice. Blanton's would have burnt because it's got alcohol. But, you know. Good point. Um, slathered it twice to fill up the water pan more than anything else. So five hours or so. Then, at that point, again, going by Franklin's guidelines, I wrapped it in foil. And at that point, because according to him, the meat's got as much smoke as it's going to get. You're going to get flavor out of the wood, but it hits a point where it's just not going to penetrate. That's stall, yeah. Right, because the bark's formed. It's just not going to get any thicker into the meat. So you you put on the aluminum foil just so that the meat can get up to the temperature that you want right. so it can cook all the way through. Right. Because usually you're cooking thick pieces of meat. It's got to cook all the way through or else you're going to throw up and die. Bone, bones got – or bones. Um, <laughs> pork butts have a huge bone in them. Yes. <clears throat> and I feel like that spot around the bone gets really well done. Mm-hmm. But then you cut it open it's like, <clears throat> crap, this is all pink still. Like, And that's where I've screwed up on my pork butts. And mm-hmm. I'll be like – Throw it in the oven. Like, and that does what I need it to do, but it right. dries it out a little bit. So what I did is once I wrapped it, I did put it in the oven. Since it's not getting any of that smoke flavor anymore, it's just getting up to temperature. Right. I just want to save my wood because wood's kind of expensive oh, yeah. compared to just the gas bill. Yeah. So I put it in the oven and it sat in there for maybe two and a half hours at about 275, which is his temperature point, which I, I found his stuff to be... Um, higher temp than most people mm-hmm. that I've read. Um, so after I took that off, I put the macaroni and cheese on. Okay, so let's talk about that. Yeah, so I also smoked macaroni and cheese. So this, <clears throat> this I would do differently next okay. time. It, it was good, but it wasn't great. Um, 
I made a sauce, a cheese sauce first, which was um, an extra sharp cheddar cheese was all that I used with Miller Lite beer and minced garlic. Okay. A little salt, a little pepper, but that was pretty much it. Um, so I made that. I mixed it with the macaroni, and then I shredded some more of the same cheese on top of it, and then I smoked that. So I've kind of become a mac and cheese snob. Okay. Um, and I've done a lot of experimenting with macaroni and cheese to where that I love the shedder, the shedder, <laughs> the, the, sh- the sharp cheddar um, <laughs> topping on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's perfect for it. I think it holds that smoke taste very well. I think if I was going to do it, just my personal, I would have done like a Munster mm-hmm. and a Toby Jack. Honestly. Something a little bit more milky to get that creaminess. Yeah, so when when I tasted it the first time, I thought the exact same mm-hmm. thing. So you're 100% right. It needed more mm-hmm. than just the sharp cheddar. Um, and I it's it- damn good. Let me Let me stop you right there before you go any farther. I truly enjoyed it. It was really good. Um it paired perfectly with the pulled pork. Like the combination of the two of them was incredible. Thank you. That makes me happy. I like that. Um, yeah, I, I think I let it smoke a little too long. If only because at one point the wood. So again, according to Franklin, you get the best smoke flavor from wood that is on fire. Okay. If it's just smoldering, so there's no flame, but it's smoking. You're getting an acrid taste from the smoke that isn't ideal. Right. You're going to get a little bit of that throughout the smoke, but that's talking about over several hours. You're going to have a couple of minutes of that. Not a big deal. Yeah. But there was at one point, probably 10 to 15 minutes of that. I think it lasted a little too long. I've just, I've never done it before and there was no guidelines. So yeah. I, a little too much. And I would add more cheese to it. I kind of disagree with Franklin on that. I okay. like that little bit more of that smoky acrid kind of taste i I like that in my barbecue because then it's like i know that this has been smoked does that make sense yeah like yeah i mean i think for what he's doing he's buying whole logs which i would love to buy whole logs to smoke you know like crap he's doing a 55 gallon drum times 10 you know like we we don't have that so i I use little sticks and i feel like the sticks burn so freaking quickly that i need that that little bit of smokiness Mm -hmm. that makes sense that was just part of the feedback i got from my brother and my wife who tasted it that there was a little too much smoke um which is fair. yeah which is fair i think if there had been a better balance of a creamier cheese flavor they wouldn't have noticed that i would say the one thing maybe add next time Mm -hmm. and i think having it if i'm looking at it as a combination the pulled pork and the mac and cheese the two pair perfectly together if i'm looking at it as just having macaroni and cheese a little bit of bacon thick cut bacon that sounds good because i think that would hold your smoke and give you that sweet saltiness that you're Mm -hmm. craving i think that that's perfectly what you would need there but the combination of the two of these alex is fantastic. Like I think you did a fantastic job. It's got a good creaminess with the bark of the pulled pork. Mm-hmm. The pepperiness of the pulled pork pairs super well with the sharp cheddar cheese. It's not the cheese isn't overpowering, but it just everything blends well. Um it was funny we're eating it down here. I'm like, 
I need a beer with this. And we paired it with the perfect beer as oh, well. Yeah. Mm, um, that beer is so good. This is like amazing. Thank you. I think this is fantastic. You did a great job. Thank you. You're welcome to bring barbecue over to my house anytime you need somebody to eat it. <laughs> um, even if you don't like it, I'm more than happy to try it and give you suggestions on it. Um, <laughs> happy to hear that. So, yeah, that's, I, I was worried it wouldn't pull. Mm-hmm. And um, that's my biggest fear with pulled pork. And, and you know, I, this total time was eight hours. Yeah. I put eight hours into this. And if you count shopping time, like 10 hours. Because I was trying to find that perfect size, mm-hmm. that perfect fat to meat ratio. Um, and when I pulled it off, and finally, like when it was totally done, so out of the oven after I wrapped it, it sat in there for about two and a half hours and put it in the pan. And I, I touched it and it started to jiggle a little bit, mm-hmm. like that jello. I'm like, yes, I think I got it. I've had a lot of pork butts that don't pull. I had to cube them, and it's like, oh, this is the biggest failure, but it's so <laughs> damn good. It like, was still really yeah. good. Yeah, oh yeah. It was really good. But yeah, I finally like took a fork and some tongs and pulled it apart, and it fell apart. I'm like, yes got it i think i could eat this pulled pork completely on its own like i think it's so good i can eat it on its own but i think to make it even go to that next step a little bit more i want that carolina mustard sauce that i made that like the third episode or fourth episode we did that's what i want with it because like i feel like that would pair perfectly with it like it's not it takes it to the next level. Like the meat was good on its own mm-hmm. and it's like, at, I would say like a 99%, but that would take it to like 110%. <laughs> like, Oh my goodness. Should we talk about this beer that we paired it with real quick as well? Yes. Because, because it's amazing. this is like, we were like in the beer fridge and we're like, okay, what can we put with this? And we decided on it. Imperial milk stout. Um, good night moon. Stout? This is a milk stout. Okay. Good night moon. Um, it is. F- Are you doing okay over there? That was a weird sound. I don't know what happened. Um, so this is from Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, Goodnight Moon is the brewer. I got this in a beer trade um, with a guy named Edison um, from Massachusetts. He sent me a whole crapload of Massachusetts New England beers. That's the coolest name ever. I know. Edison from Massachusetts. Um, You're my favorite person ever. Dude, he sent me so many good beers and I'm I'm going to send him a pack of St. Louis beers. Um but I have never had so many just unique styles different than anything we have here in St. Louis. Hmm. Lots of stouts, lots of porters, which makes sense because I feel like anytime I think of the Northeast and New England, I feel like they're always freezing up there. Like it can be middle of July, and I feel like it's cold in the Northeast. How does that relate to their beer flavors? Because it's porter stouts, and I know like he's probably just sent me porters and stouts, but I'm sure they have other things besides porters and stouts. But in my mildly inebriated state, that makes sense. Yeah, I think tomorrow won't, but okay. right now it does. So when you listen to this later, you'll be like, "What in the heck was what Kevin talking what about?" In the heck? Um, this is really good though. Uh, good creaminess to it. Um, I've really grown to like the milk stouts a lot more. The Imperial milk stouts. I think this was a fantastic episode. We Uh, covered all three of our favorites. We did. I didn't realize, but we threw in that beer at the end. Yeah, we, we hit it and it was perfect. So that leads us into our favorite time of the week. Um, 
the time of the show I know most of you listen to because either one, it's near the end and you're like, I'm done with you two rambling on and on, <laughs> or because you truly enjoy our picks of the week. Um, Alex, you're going to be impressed with me. I'm going two weeks in a row with the same pick of the week. I don't believe it, even though I'm here. I know. It's crazy. You know, most time, Alex, you give me crap. Lucas used to give me crap. Brad's giving me crap. Guy's giving me crap. I will choose one pick of the week, and then three minutes before we start, I will change it up. But I, I stayed with the same one this week. Um, I went to the library. Scotch guy's getting married in a few weeks. Scotch guy. Um, that son of a bitch. <laughs> I told you before, we have an explicit rating already. I'm going to use it. It's only when Scotch you get inebriated. Guy, you're right. I can't wait for your wedding. You're a son of a bitch. So, um, my pick of the week this week is a book. I went to the library to look up cocktail books. Because Guy's getting married. He's allowing us to do uh, his wedding Bartending. bartending. Yeah, bartending. Should I we wish we could officiate No. Officiated. <laughs> um, that would be amazing. He would love that. His oh wife, fiance. Marriage! <laughs> <laughs> would hate it. Well, Our families would hate it. But the three of us, you, me, and Scott G.I., would love it for the rest of our lives. If he lets us officiate it, we will live podcast it. <laughs> um, but so I, I did a lot of research. Like I was like, I need to get some books on cocktails and all that. I found a book called The Twelve... Uh, bottle bar and it's the entire concept is how you can create a home bar out of 12 bottles of different alcohols one a rye a vodka um, a gin uh, vermouth bitters that's kind of their whole idea of creating a simple bar you can with these 12 bottles you can make thousands of different cocktails and i feel like this book is the cross between like a magic school bus a Bill Nye the Science Guy, an Alton Brown book. like It, it like teaches you the book. science behind everything. It's incredible. I love it. I would recommend it. I probably will end up buying it so that we can start making cocktails out of it. Ooh. To quote Ron Swanson, science is a miracle. And on that note, what is your pick of the week? So I'm going to take after you this time and say that I was trying to decide between two. One is a book, which I'm sure I will bring up later. But to stay on topic... Something I've not mentioned before is going to be specifically my smoker. Okay. Um, which is, again, the Charbroil American Gourmet Offset Smoker. And the reason I'm picking that is uh, I picked it originally because I read Aaron Franklin's book first and I wanted to learn a specific style before I branched off. The Barbecue Manifesto. Yeah. Just so I can throw it out there. Yeah. Buy it's a great it. book. Oh, yeah. It's a great book. It's not really a recipe book, but it's just kind of. Everything that goes into smoking meat from beginning to end, from your equipment to your meat, it's it's a great bug. Mm-hmm. Um, so an offset smoker is one where you've got a fire chamber where you're burning. Ideally wood, but you could burn charcoal. I burn charcoal in mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it it has a little opening where it goes into the cook chamber where that's where your meat is. Um, and you're getting more of a smoke flavor because you're... You're burning mostly wood rather than burning like propane or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whatever. We could talk for hours about this. Um, but I like it because it's about 80 bucks. Super cheap. It's a little thin. The materials, you know, it, it's 80 bucks worth of a smoke. You would have spent a little bit of time re-insulating it. Is yeah, that so I, I spent, I knew I was getting something cheap. 
and I got something cheap because I didn't know if I would enjoy the hours it would spend smoking something. Because if you're really making barbecue, you're spending at least four to upwards of 15 hours on one piece of meat, on one meal, depending on yeah. how many you're making for it. Um, so it's a real time commitment. So I didn't want to get something that costs three, four hundred bucks that would, you know, something big and elaborate. You want to make sure you it. could stay into this hobby and keep it going over a long period of time. Exactly. Um, so for that, 80 bucks, um, I went online, watched a couple of YouTube videos. There's a lot of um, modifications you can make to any any smoker that'll make it more efficient, that'll make it more flavorful. And to do all those, I maybe spent. Are you all right over there? I'm fine. Throwing plates around now. <laughs> I maybe spent another twenty bucks. So let's say a hundred bucks into making this more efficient, and I've loved every bit of it. Mm-hmm. Because again, if I hated smoking, if I decided it wasn't worth it, I only lost a hundred bucks. Right. Versus five hundred. Um, but knowing that I I really enjoy it now, <clears throat> I can make it. It's got enough space on there for. Maybe cooking something for four to five people. So it, it's a small gathering. But I now that I know that I enjoy it, I can't wait to spend about three to four hundred bucks on a good big smoker to yeah. cook for 10, 20 people. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's the big thing I'm saving up now is for that good smoker. I've, I've done, I've never actually bought a barbecue pit. Everything I've been, I smoke on, I've been given. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited about buying my first like legit smoker i'm excited um, for you yes i know you'll have to come over we'll do some brisket so mm. alex fantastic episode i think it was a great combination of all three things we tried some really good bourbons today we tried mm. a fantastic beer oh, yeah. paired with some delicious smoked meats and smoked macaroni and cheese it, it doesn't get better than that no i mean great show um Thank you to everybody who listened to us. Um, we love you guys. Yeah, we really love you. If you want to connect with us, shoot us an email, hello at shopbeerbourbonbarbecue.com. Uh, check out our website, shopbeerbourbonbarbecue.com. Lots of great shirts up there. Um, They're super comfortable. Oh, my goodness. I sleep in them. They're I mean, amazing. I know my wife designed them and all that kind of stuff, and like I'm selling them to people, but like I would totally buy them if – you know, I bought one. My wife bought one. I can't wait to buy the next one. Oh I'm gonna goodness. buy one for my baby. Yeah, we for have a sure. onesie up there. That's right. Made with bourbon onesie. I. Know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I already knew about it, but it's still hilarious, it and it's 100 percent true. <laughs> so, Alex, how can people connect with you to see your amazing barbecue journey that you're on right now? Your beer, your bourbon, mm, all yeah. that. How can people connect with you? Yeah, check me out on Instagram at the dot alex dot experiment. Um, I posted everything that I did while I was smoking that meat, along with the um, Marvel movie marathon that me and my brother had. Um, How far did you make it? We we watched um, Captain America one, Iron Man one, and Thor one. Okay, um, before my brother had to go home. We were probably going to skip Thor or Iron America too. Iron, Iron America? America. <laughs> I should just stop talking. So we watched those three, but mostly I was posting about the pork. Um, I, I'd say, again, this year I'm going to be focusing so much on barbecue right now just because I'm I'm loving it. Every last bit of the experience of smoking meat, it's so much fun. 
So check me out there. See what I'm up to. I'm Kevin. You can find me at uh, beer underscore bourbon underscore barbecue. Um, lots of awesome pictures of some beer. A um, couple bourbon pictures. Need to get some more barbecue up there. Um, yeah, we need to do more of that. I, know. I mean, we're we're hitting the season. Right. We're coming out of the St. Louis winter, which oh lasts goodness. between February to April. Unfortunately, now just so stupid. <laughs> so, um, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us. We hope that you enjoyed our show tonight. Give us a rating on iTunes, whatever you're listening to us. Hopefully, a five star rating. Connect with us. We just love hanging out with you guys, hearing from you. This has been an awesome experience. So, on that note, I think we're done tonight, Alex. So, Alex is giving me the thumbs up. He's ready to be done. He's ready to go home. And we hope that you don't forget to stay sauced on beer, bourbon, and bourbon.